The San Francisco 49ers traveling to SoFi Stadium. It's essentially the playoffs for those 49ers in Week 18. A very special guest today to help us uh, break this thing down from Week 17 to Week 18 and the Locked On 49ers mailbag coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday edition, Tuesday evening. If you are watching us on YouTube, hello to everybody. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here on Locked On 49ers. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend about Locked On 49ers, all the thumbs ups and and the bells and all the other things you can click. Feel free to click on those as well. But you know what? It's time on this Wednesday, Winky Wednesday episode to bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, how you feeling? Feeling a little bit better this week after the holidays and after a new year and getting cleansed by a, by a calendar turning over and the 49ers winning uh, behind the power of their rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. You got to be feeling a little, about, a little bit better about those 49ers right now than you did a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and their rookie running back, too. It's nice to get Elijah Mitchell back. I mean, you could just see the difference when he runs the football. And when he's out on the field, he is a playmaker. He is, you know, as trusted a back for these 49ers that they've had since Gore left. You know, it's been it's been really good to have him back. Trey Lance looked, you know, you could tell they're really cautious there in the first half and really opened it up in the second half. And it looks great. And, you know, whoever's starting under quarterback for the 49ers, you know, come Sunday against the Rams, I, I feel confident that they're going to take care of business. So the Philadelphia Eagles clinched a playoff berth. So there's one, only one open spot now in the NFC. There's a lot of seeding that could move around in week 18, but we know who six out of the seven teams are. It's the Packers. That's already- still wild to me. That's still know, wild right? to me yeah. that a team, you beat the team. Y'all have the same record, but they're able to clinch. I, and I get it, the whole conference thing, and, you know, it's 49ers' fault, but, God, it, it just it bothers me. It bothers mm-hmm. me a little bit. It is it. odd. It is it is odd that the 49ers would own the tiebreaker uh over over the Philadelphia Eagles, but if the New Orleans Saints are involved, then the Niners would be out if it is a three-way tie. So it's very simple Crazy. for the 49ers. They win, they're in. Uh if the New Orleans Saints lose, the 49ers are in. The Saints need the 49ers to lose, and the Saints need to win. And, at, and it, it, a tie is even good too for the 49ers. You tie your right. Win. So that's what it takes for the San Francisco 49ers. Nine and a half wins to get in in the NFC. Uh, if they do win, they will also have the sixth seed and they have that tiebreaker over the Eagles, whether they win or not, and we'll have the sixth seed and the Eagles will be the seventh seed. So right now it's just a question of will the Eagles be the six or the seven and will the six or the seven be, or will the six be the Niners or will the seven be the Saints? And well, what's crazy are- too, when you start looking at it is, is it going to be back to back? You know, the Niners win, is it going to be back to back games at SoFi Stadium? So how about this? So that could be one of the possibilities. So the 49ers, if they're the sixth seed, they'll play the three seed. Right now, the three mm-hmm. seed, Tampa Bay Bucks, And you, you never want to ask to be playing against no. Tom Brady, but the Bucks might be the, the team you want to play right now with what they're going mm-hmm. through. They're not Don't looking great. Although the, the way the, the Rams are throwing the football to the wrong team right now, um, you know, there, there's – there's flaws in all of these football teams, and uh, if, if the Rams and the Rams are going to be playing for something, there's none of this rest your starter stuff. The Rams are trying to win the West, and so they want to beat the 49ers in Week 18. But that's crazy. You bring that up, Wink, about SoFi. So the 49ers going down to LA. By the way, this is going to be a a red takeover, right? 
because mm-hmm. those LA games have been home games for a long time for the 49ers. The preseason game against the Chargers was all red pretty much. And, the, and look, the Chargers have always had a tough time, even when they were in San Diego. Uh, away teams traveled well. And in LA, there's just fans of all the teams. And we've talked on this show and joked with Croc about him being a Lakers fan. There's a ton of LA 49ers fans out there. There's a lot of them. So I'm, I, I'll be I, out there. Yeah, Croc's going to be there yeah. himself. Nice. The uh, Eric Crocker in the seats. It's going oh, to also, be- real quick, John Chapman. John mm-hmm. Chapman has the 49ers uh, Rush podcast, yes. and he has an event on Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Go to my page. It's my pinned tweet, and you'll see the event that's going on out there in the Los Angeles area. So, uh, right. yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be out there, man, having a good time. Yeah, have a drink with Crocky. Don't get him too drunk because I need him to be somewhat sober to be doing a, a remote a remote check-in from SoFi Stadium after a 49ers win and the 49ers getting into the playoffs yeah. Sunday. But uh, at Eric underscore Crocker is where you can find that pinned tweet for some of that information. 49ers takeover in SoFi would be nice, yeah. but that's crazy. So the 49ers can play the Rams, and depending on how seedings go, and look, and if, the, if the Rams lose, that makes it even more likely because they could drop down to the three seed instead of the two seed. The Niners could go right back, and I don't know if they would come back and, and fly back or just practice there. I don't know how that would work, but they would play the Rams in the wild card weekend the very next week in the very same, same stadium, SoFi, but that could be only one and two of three football games for the 49ers in SoFi when they reach Super Bowl 56. Is, are we on 56? Is that the right number? Yeah, yeah Super Bowl we're 56. At- also at SoFi Stadium. Why not? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, just rent an apartment for a couple months in LA and uh, three games in SoFi Stadium. How about that? Faithful's going to show up on Sunday. You just know it. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be. We'll probably get some more clarification later Wednesday. Um, maybe not even until I look, it helps the 49ers for the Rams not to know. So I fully expect to be in the dark about G situation. Even if the 49ers already know, they might already know that Jimmy's thumb game time. I think with, uh, with the 49ers and their quarterback situation, but wink, how did you feel about the rookie Trey Lance and how he played? You feel comfortable that the rookie could go into somebody else's house and go win what is essentially a playoff game for the 49ers Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you know, you saw what he did in Arizona. It wasn't great. You know, he went on the road, but that was a winnable game as well. And now he has a win under his belt. Yes, it was at home, but you, you just, you love the progression. You know, from the start of the game, he looked sk- he looked a little, a little skittish, a little excited. You know, he throws the ball a little hard, which is great. You know, you want somebody with some zip on his fastball there. And, you know, I, I, you, you got to like it. You saw him get more and more comfortable in the pocket. You saw him, you know, some design runs, sometimes where he just made an extra, you know, Got himself a little extra time, moved around in the pocket, made some plays. It's it's stuff you don't see Jimmy do a whole lot of. Um, so so you you gotta you gotta feel confident, and that's the reason they went out and got you know a guy like Trey Lance is is that extra playmaking ability. But y- you feel confident even if they put Jimmy back in there. I mean, Jimmy's done it all year long, and uh, and he's done it for since he's been a 49er. He's done nothing. I mean, he's lost a little bit, but the majority of his games he's won and. And Trey Lance is now one one as a starter. And if he's got to go on Sunday, you know, you, you, you got to like it. I want to go to the mailbag really quick. You mentioned the zip on Trey Lance's fastball. And Mike says, one thing I noticed that was different about Trey Lance that I haven't heard mentioned was that previously his throws were all 100 mile per hour fastballs. This game, he had much more touch. Hashtag Especially in the second half. 
yeah, thanks for listening, Mike. And yeah, he probably he could have used a little bit more touch and, and feathered that one in to George Kittle a little bit. He was trying to hit that whole shot, and he said after the game that he recognized it was cover two, and he stared it down the whole way. So you know he mm-hmm. saw it, uh, and he didn't even give an opportunity to maybe peek the other way and see Ayuk in the middle of the field or see Debo breaking open on the post. He was eyeing the the throwback the whole way, the the wide leak, whatever you want to call it there with George Kittle. And there was room to throw it. But if he doesn't stare it down, the corner maybe isn't as deep, deep underneath him. And the safety maybe isn't as far open. It would just give him a bigger, wider window when he does turn because he knows he's going there. And then also he would have seen maybe something else that he liked even better breaking open. But, you know, rookie mistakes. Um, and he missed the throw. So it was JT O'Sullivan touched on that play on his breakdown. He did a he did a, a breakdown of Trey Lance's performance on his QB school. And one thing he mentioned is in that play action – you have to boot out a little bit more to the right and take your eyes to the opposite way. He never did. He booted right. out. I mean, he didn't even really boot out. It was like play action, and he dropped straight back and then eyed it down the whole time. So those are things that he's going to have to learn. I am curious if he did do what JT told him to do, which was boot out bigger, look it off, basically like look to your right, knowing you want to throw to your left. But if you look to your right and you see Debo screaming up the field wide open, Maybe you just mm-hmm. say, forget what the play call is. I'm going to Debo Samuel. That could yeah. be something you saw. But again, we, we know the play design for the tight end leak is typically open. That was actually the first time that they've ran it against cover two. Someone showed a chart and it shows all the times they've run it since like 2017 or something like that. And that was the first time it's been wow. ran against cover two. So he probably wasn't even aware of kind of how to throw it, but the corner he sunk the whole time. The, the corner never even acknowledged anything else that might be flat. So it was really never open unless maybe he looked it off. Yeah. And there was, I mean, there was space to throw it over the top to the, cause the, there was a, a safety in the middle of the field or a safety kind of on that hash, but there was, there was plenty of, of room if he threw it over the top of that corner that was sinking down underneath, but it would have been a tough throw and he made a bad throw. So he, he could have thrown a little bit more touch on and that. And he but. said that, I don't know if, did y'all hear him? His yeah. comments on I, it. I did mention, he, or yeah. I did hear him say that he he said he short armed it. I think is what his. Yeah, he was like, I short armed it. Bad throw. You know, it would have been a better pass. That's the other thing is, and he might have even have thrown it to Dio, uh, Debo or Ayuk first before Debo broke open because he was open. Like everybody was open on that play, right. and it turns out to be an interception, which is tough. So you go back and watch the film on that. It's like I could have done anything, make a better throw here or look here. He was open in the middle of the field, uh, crossing this way. He's open crossing over that way. So. Um, yeah, rookie mistakes, but overall he overcame it and made some nice throws. I think the more you see and go back, you realize some of the, the special things that he can do with his arm. Uh, what, and by the way, JTO Sullivan's breakdowns are always fantastic on the QB school. One of the other things he brought up, which we're going to get to next, is a question about maybe some wobbly throws and maybe everything doesn't come out super clean from Trey Lance's hands. Well, uh, there's a lot of questions about Trey Lance. We'll talk a lot about Trey Lance, I'm sure, uh, in upcoming episodes, as we will today. Talk a little bit more uh, about this matchup in Week 18 with the Rams and tons of other questions on this episode of Locked On 49ers. But I want to let the listeners know about a very special treat that you can eat, and it can help with your diet it can help with your new year's resolutions uh it can help with your appetite it can help really with anything that you want to get done in your day you want to spend less time at lunch grab yourself a built bar 
it's, it's that time of year, right? New Year's resolutions. You can feel good about what you're eating because it's healthy, keeps you satisfied, and it will not wreck your diet. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with only 4 net carbs and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that you might grab if you wanted a snack that has around 240 calories, a whopping 30 grams of sugar in a candy bar. It'll get you. You don't want to do that. Find a Built Bar. And actually, how about this? Listen to one of our listeners, Tim, who wrote to me on Twitter. He said, at BD Peacock, had my first Built Bar this morning. Not going to lie, probably the best protein bar I've ever had. I would not steer you guys wrong. Go find yourself some built bars at built.com you're not sure what flavor you want to get get a mixed box built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order as well that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right gentlemen a question here and croc I, i'm sure you went over this on your qb monday right on croc talk tv greg asked the questions why do a lot of lance's throws just look bad aka wobbly and this is something that's happened and um i i don't know if it's all mechanics i don't know if this is just the way he's gonna throw i know there's been some accuracy issues even from college and maybe it's even though he's got a power arm it's not the cleanest delivery in the cleanest spiral all the time but as jt o'sullivan pointed out in his um his film room episode on youtube is even the like the throw to corner of the end zone yeah it was wobbly it was right where it needed to be. And so maybe wobbly, but does he connect on the passes? Can he still get it there, even if it's not a perfect spiral? Uh, and I think the answer to those is yes, right? But what did your guy Greg Pinelli have to say about his delivery, maybe a work in progress with how the ball comes out of his hand? Yeah, you know, Greg had a lot to say about that. He was at the game watching live. So when he came on Monday morning, he had some good insight. And he was like, you know, about 30 or 40% of his passes came out a little funny. And he said some of that can be from just being a little amped up, gripping the ball just a little too tight and being a little too tense when going to throw. He also touched on a little bit about like some stuff I don't know nothing about, turning your wrist over. He said you could see him doing that on a deep ball that got the pass interference call. He said after he threw the ball, you could see him kind of going through the motion. So he's still kind of working through some of his mechanics and whatever they're trying to change. He said he doesn't have an issue throwing a spiral just in general. If you just watch him warm up and you watch him throw the ball, there is no flutter. It's a tight spiral. But when he's going to throw, maybe he, there's just he's not as comfortable yet. So he's like gripping it and he's just like throwing it. And that's leading to having a little wobble. He compared it to a baseball like a hitter, and he said, it's it's like somebody playing baseball, and if you try to hit a home run, you're going to really mm. tense up. He said, most coaches will tell you when you go to hit a run home run, have a natural swing, and sometimes it just comes off the ball sweet. I mean, bat sweet. You hit that sweet spot, and it just carries. He says a lot like that with throwing a football as well. Some people just naturally just don't ever tense up, but he said a lot of times you will kind of see it with rookies because everything they're so excited with everything kind of going on. And, you know, there's some footwork stuff. I think JT O'Sullivan pointed out some of those things. And there's just, uh, you know, stuff that a, that a rookie quarterback entering the NFL is going to continue to work on. But most of those types of things, when you're talking about throwing motion 
and footwork and, and major things like that. That's not stuff that you tinker with week to week. That's an off-season thing. And he'll come back, and I'm sure he'll look a little bit different. And you look at Aaron Rodgers when he came out of Cal and he held the ball up here. Tedford taught him to be all rigid with it. And now he holds it as low as anybody. He's down a lot. He's so loose and, and relaxed, and he's got the ball down around his waist. So that stuff will change over time. Um, but I don't yeah. know if you should ever expect to draft a quarterback and say, oh, this guy's awesome, except for I'm going to completely change the way he throws right. the ball. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. You have to like how right. he throws from the start. And Greg also said that's not something you want to really tinker with too much throughout the season because you don't want him focused on, oh, I, got, I threw it this way. Now, the next time I go to throw, okay, I need to throw it that way. And then now he's inconsistent with how he's throwing and he's thinking too much about just how he's throwing the ball. So he said, let him throw, let him rip, let him get comfortable, and then focus on those things throughout the offseason. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen last week when, on the show with me, and you you talked about how when he first came in the league, he was really you know not accurate at all, and he worked on it, and he got better and better. Well, this last Sunday, he threw three interceptions in four passes, and when you look at those balls, they were ugly. They were flutterers, and it's like, was he tensing up? Was he falling back into these old mechanics? You know, but he still came back and won the game. So it's like with Lance, same thing. You know, he he threw some balls that were maybe questionable, didn't look great, but you know, he he, he did enough to, to get it done, and and you just hope that he continues to progress just like Josh Allen did. And yeah, you'll, you'll take a step back every once in a while, but as long as he takes two forward before that one back, you, you're stoked. Yeah, and it's got to become second nature too because yeah. you can't, can't like, think, think about your it. way through mechanics like that because you're just going to fall back into whatever's natural. So you got to just pound it into your brain over and over and over and over for, the, for your entire career, really. But uh, big strides can't really be made until the offseason on that front. Um, I want to go to Raymond on the subject of those Rams. He says, are they going to flex our game to Sunday night football? They owe us a primetime game. And no, they are not. There's, uh, And I understand the game they are putting in primetime is uh, Chargers and Raiders because that is a win-and-you're-in situation just like the 49ers but it's both teams in the division same record one team wins they're in the playoffs the other team loses they're probably not in the playoffs unless maybe they get a lot of help there's some more uh more difficult uh tiebreakers there for the afc right now and there are for the nfc the nfc picture is much clearer at this point but the 49ers are not going to be flexed maybe saturday i wonder if they asked the 49ers if they wanted to flex to saturday and they said no because of jimmy's thumb and they want more time that makes sense I don't know if they do that, though. They're probably just like, no, this is when you're playing. It's they do owe the Niners a prime timer, so they got to make it up to them next year, at least, if they don't do it, since they can't do it this year. Yeah, and they took off the game sucks. that was like the game of the year, even though no. it that wasn't. Was Rams game you know, too. The 49ers didn't win. So that would have been perfect if it was this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was the Rams game, right? They got flexed out? Seahawks. It's the Seahawks. Seahawks. Oh, it was Seahawks. That's right. Yeah, okay. And it was like the wildest game. Everybody's like, what the hell is going on? You had the fake pump for a touchdown. You had all kind of weird things happen in that game. It's amazing how a season goes. And sometimes uh, that seems like it was years ago. That, that Seahawks <laughs> game. Now you remind me of it. It's like, oh, that was, that was nuts. That was insane. Everything crazy happened in that game that could possibly happen in a football game. Mm-hmm. All right, where are we at here? Um, uh, Raymond also asked this question. This is an easy one for me. I'm going to let you guys answer it first. If you had to choose between T.O. and his prime or Debo, who would you choose? No, it's not even close. It's not close, right? <laughs> it's T.O. I mean, you're talking about one of the best wide receivers of all time. Okay, good. I, I just want to make sure. And I his run after catch was just as good as Debo's, yeah. if not better. I mean, if not better, was, exactly. I, I watched him. I remember this one play he had against Champ Bailey where he like caught a five-yard stop. 
threw Champ Bailey to the side and then just took off down the sideline and outran everybody. Like Terrell Owens, I get the antics and and you know calling sure. Jeff Garcia, you know different things and all that, but. Dude is, I mean, he's the second best receiver. I mean, you could say, uh, you could say Randy Moss. You know, you could throw him he's in the there. Top but five, easily. It's a short list. Yeah, it's yeah. a short list of receivers you would take over him ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he was amazing, and he did it for a long time. Yeah. Different teams, different quarterbacks. Every team. Didn't Bad matter. Quarterbacks. Uh, that guy was an absolute monster, and he was on just, a broken he, leg. He just, <laughs> He was almost as big as George Kittle too. Yeah. And he could yeah. move the way he did. That some of those wide receivers back then, I don't I, might have been some extra help going on um from the pharmacy. <laughs> no, but TL still me, looks but, the same. Oh, That's yeah, true. Just a monster. It's crazy what some of those how big some of those receivers were in the early 2000s. That's the Balco days. David Boston. There were a lot of guys coming out that were top picks and they were they were big guys, you know the the Mike Williams, the Roy Williams, the uh, Reggie Williams, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, well, not Boston, yeah, he was. That guy was huge. We, we know what he was doing. Because <laughs> he stopped being good. He got so big that he couldn't even be right. Good. Can't uh, even play tight end. Were pretty darn freaky. But and, and Debo's really still only done. Uh, to be and to be honest with you, Debo's value goes down the more he becomes a running back. Yep. To me, I mean it. It's valuable that he can do that, but when he's getting seven carries and three targets in a game, that's less valuable than when he's getting ten or eleven wide receivers. Do targets. you think that's by accident? I no. I, Kyle wants to win games more than anything, and he loves the running game. That's what it is. They're not trying to save money in the offseason, although it might end okay. up saving money because yeah, it uh, will. Instead of having eighteen hundred receiving yards, he's going to have you know five hundred rushing yards and thirteen hundred receiving yards or something like that. It started out of necessity. You know, they needed some running backs that could actually do something due to injuries. And I mean, he does something almost every time he touches the ball. So it makes sense. I still don't, I don't like the fact that there's games. I think it was like the Jaguars game where he has like nine carries. Yeah. Like one reception. It's like, come on, man. Especially when he's carrying it late in the game, when you have a sizable lead, it's like, what are you doing? But then he runs for 80 yards, so it's like, how do you, you know, you can't say, don't run the ball with him when he has 80 yards and a touchdown on nine carries. Here's Debo's last five games. Three catches, nine for, yeah, nine catches for 159 against the Titans. That was the the big wide receiver Mm -hmm. game. Aside from that one game, he's had three catches for 63, four catches for 60, one catch for 22 yards, and one catch for 12 yards. Oof. I mean, that's crazy when you look at just his receiving numbers, how they've dropped off. And he still has 1,300 yards. Right. Because he was at 1,000 in the first seven, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, he was on pace to set some records. Right, yeah. And what's crazy is Brandon Ayuk. I saw this stat today, and I kind of knew it, but didn't really register. Yeah, uh, Ayuk still hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game this year. That's wild. a couple in the 90s and a few in the 70s, but hasn't gone triple digits one time yet. He doesn't get the targets. Mm-mm. Although that might change with Trey Lance. They've got a rapport, and Trey's not afraid to let him go get a ball. And we've seen that. Mm-hmm. So, and if I'm good with smart, that, smart business decision by Brandon Ayuk to work with uh, Trey Lance every chance he gets and get a little, a little extra work, some extra throws in. Very smart. Mm-hmm. I'll give John Lynch credit. He drafted some smart dudes. Versatile. Trey Lance is smart. 
I bet Aaron Banks is smart, even though he's not playing much. Like in all honesty, I bet that's what he like. He probably works hard and he's smart. They probably like that. About Solomon him, you know? Thomas, was and it's smart. done them. Yeah, Solomon Thomas has done them. Solomon Thomas, Stanford kid. He was in the same. Yeah. I mean, when you're a general manager and you share the classroom with the guy, that guy's got to be pretty smart, right? Either that mm-hmm. or, I mean, it, this wasn't Florida State. Sorry, apologies. That was a low blow to Florida. There's State. probably people and, from Florida State like, listening right now that well, you just I mean, made really Florida mad. State's a good university, but I don't think their athletes can do the same rigors that uh, that other law students or whoever are going through. Mm-hmm. In most cases, at least not in the old days. I don't know. Florida State was just the first one that, that comes to mind that was, uh, you know, accused of doing stuff special for athletes in there. And good they're thing, great, buddy. Yeah, not Arkansas Monticello, right, Croc? Nah. <laughs> nah. What'd you major in? Health education, uh, mm. kinesiology. Okay. Mm. Putting it to use. Smart guy. See, that's why I recruited yeah. you guys for this podcast. Me and John Lynch have that in common. Only smart <laughs> fellas. Only smart fellas joining this organization. All right. Uh, more to come. More of your Twitter questions as we head rapidly toward week 18 coming up. But how about this? The Get Upside app. It's an incredible app for anyone who wants to buy gas. And if you don't know about it, now you know. Go download the Get Upside app. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you got to do, super easy, download the free Get Upside app in the App Store, Google Play, wherever you find your apps. You go find that app right now. Put it on your phone. Look at the map. Say, oh, I can get the gas there. And guess what? I can get 25 cents back per gallon when i do go fill up and i was gonna fill up anyway so it's easy money it's free money go download the get upside app and use promo code touchdown to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your very first fill up so that's up to 50 cents cash back on your first fill up don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back by using get upside and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, to PayPal, e-gift card. You want to give a gift to somebody with this extra cash you find. Whatever you want, you can do it. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN with the Get Upside app. How about this one, fellas? From Adam. He says, if the Niners miss the playoffs, they can place the blame solely on their division record is there some sort of mental block against the Cardinals and Seahawks? They'll have trouble making the playoffs each year until they can find some ways to win those division games. And that's extra. I think with the Seahawks, especially because of how bad the Seahawks were this mm-hmm. year and the Niners can't beat that team. I was twice they beat the Cardinals last year. Then they yeah. beat the Cardinals last year, like last game of the season. With CJ Beathard throwing like 10 passes. Maybe that's because he got so used to playing in the Cardinals' house. Yeah. Yeah. CJ Beathard. That seems like a million years ago that CJ Beathard was a quarterback for this football team. Yeah. I mean, you got to beat your division opponents. Mm -hmm. Uh, The stats for Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben Roethlisberger was awful last night. Barely (laughs) complete a screen pass, right? Yet he dominates the Browns. Every year, yeah. every year. You talk about that. It's Aaron Rodgers too. Did you see his numbers yes. over the last two years in the North? Like thirty-eight I, touchdowns, no picks. I, I saved it. I think it was thirty-six touchdowns. I don't have it anymore. Thirty-six no touchdowns, zero interceptions against the NFC North over the last two years. Just mm-hmm. pure, pure domination. Uh, and that's 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 what you want. That that's how you have sustained success. 
is you can beat the people that know you best. And the 49ers have proven they can do that with the Rams for the most part, but uh, have not really been able to do that at all with the Seahawks. And, you know, Cardinals kind of been up and down, but yeah, lost both of those as well to the Cardinals this year. They only have one win in the division. That's the Rams. Can they make it two? And they're going to have to against those Los Angeles Rams. I've heard this question bantied about. Who do you think the Rams want to face more? Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? And who do you think the Rams want to face less out of the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Saints in the wild card round? First, the quarterbacks. I'll go to you, Croc. Do you think the Rams would rather face Jimmy Garoppolo or the Trey Lance 49ers? Trey Lance. Yeah, it's tough. And that kind of contradicts what what Chris Sims said the other day. He was like, they're just more dangerous with uh, Trey Lance. But my thing is, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I believe that I can confuse the rookie and give him looks that he hasn't seen. Right. And in turn, that should fluster him. So I I would assume I'd have – I I, I, and maybe put him in a position that he hasn't really been in. Hey, can we get up 10 points? and make him feel like he has to win the game on his own. And right. he hasn't been in that type of environment, not just with the 49ers. I mean, not even that North Dakota State. I think Ever. in the one game against Central, you know, UCA, he kind of was in something like that. They were down heading to the fourth quarter. That was the first time ever. So, <laughs> you know, just get him in an unfamiliar position. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I'd rather play that because of the unknown as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been in every type of situation and he is just knows how to handle it a little bit better. But also one thing real quick, my guy told me, Eric, you can't play it safe. You know all about taking risk and things like that. So, you know, but, but again, if, if I'm the Rams, I would rather play Trey Lance if I'm the Rams. It kind of depends what they see on tape because yeah. one of the big thing about being a quarterback in the NFL is adjusting to the adjustments and there's not much tape on Trey Lance. So once teams get a book maybe they'll find that thing that they think they can take away from Lance and make it difficult but at the same time I wonder if you're the coordinator for the Rams it might be more difficult to game plan for Trey Lance whereas you think you can just straight up go head-to-head with Jimmy G and beat him and you know what the game plan is going to be yeah so many question marks with Lance yeah you know what you're going to get with Jimmy G you mentioned film you've got so much film on Jimmy yeah Jimmy beats you a lot but at the same time, if you're the defensive coordinator, you're thinking, nah, this is the time. Like, I know how to stop this guy. They've already faced him once this year. You know, I, I think that that they probably would want to face Jimmy. Yeah, if And Rams- also with Trey Lance, the, you don't know, are the 49ers going to continue to add to his plate and exactly. add more? So yep. what you saw last week, they're able to add a little bit more to that. And you really have no idea how they're going to attack you. So mm-hmm. there is that element of it. But still, I feel like I could rattle a rookie more so than – a vet if I'm the defensive coordinator and they don't right. want to play the Niners in the playoffs. The uh, there's that play where Trey Lance early in the game, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of what the play was. I think it was just a regular old zone read and Trey bolted left. And uh, uh, Justin Reed was just a missile from the secondary in. And then there was the other strong safety there too. And they made a tackle on Trey Lance and he kind of tried to, um, truck stick through it and uh they stopped him right behind the line of scrimmage or basically for no gain or whatever but watching that and teams are going to be focusing on trey lance the first thing i thought of watching that was they're selling out against trey lance yeah. right there. if he Oop. keeps it and and 
uh, Debo Samuel just fakes like he's going to block and takes off. I mean, that's six easy. So there's a lot of things that that uh, Kyle Shanahan could watch on film on, of his own team and realize what he could play off of, maybe what he's showing teams now, and then do something off that the following week. So that, that'll be a fun chess match because there's just so much more you can do with Trey Lance. So that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, what about the other part of that? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that if you're the Rams, you would much rather be playing the Eagles or the Saints than the 49ers. We mentioned all that division stuff. Yeah, you you may feel comfortable that you know the Niners well, but the Niners beat you. So yeah, I think I think they would want to play the probably the Saints if anyone, just based on their quarterback play. Yeah, I, I probably the 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 Eagles have a really good offensive line, and they've gotten pretty good defensive line play as well. But the Eagles don't scare me at all. Um, the Saints just have a really good defense, but on mm. offense lacking and even Camara hasn't done much since he came back from injury recently um and their quarterback situation is the worst of the three teams so i would much much rather play the saints or the eagles than the 49ers i'd probably rather play this i'd probably rather play the saints right now because of the quarterback if you're the, if you're the rams if you're the rams yeah if you're anybody yeah yeah uh uh, Taysom Hill is stinky. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> smell. A yeah. smell. What's that smell? Oh, it's Taysom. <laughs> Did you see that ball he threw? Like, he's not. I a mean, he just. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Th- th- there it is. He's the. Yeah. He reminds me of the kid, uh, DJ, uh, Agugule, from Clemson. Where oh, DJ, you know, Watson. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. no, he replaced uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yes, yes, yes. So, big kid, strong arm, and it's like, all right, you're the biggest kid on the playground. You got the strongest arm. Let's make you a quarterback, but you're not really a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll turn into one. We'll see. But that's how it looks like when he's playing. That's like Taysom Hill, where it's like, you have a solid arm. You are the most athletic kid on the playground. Let's make you throw the ball a lot, you know? And that's what it looks like. He's just out there kind of just throwing the ball, but – I don't know. There isn't anything. It, it doesn't even look like a quarterback. Yeah. I, I remember people talk about Trey Lance throwing wobbly balls. I remember there was one where uh, uh, Taysom Hill loaded up and threw a ball and then like quacked. I mean, it was like, <laughs> it's a it shotgun like end over end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't do that in Arkansas. They would have definitely pulled their gun shotguns. Poof, poof. They're shooting at that oh. thing because it was, I mean, it was flapping. I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. So 49ers in a pretty good spot, but they've got a tough opponent coming up in the Los Angeles Rams in week 18. We'll talk more about that matchup with the LA Rams. Wink, I want to thank you as always for jumping on this podcast with Croc and I. Yeah, my pleasure. Real quick, do you mind if I uh, bring a little story in? Oh, I would love to hear your story, yes. Yeah, so Oblong Balls, a a fantasy league that you're a part of that's been around for 22 years that I've won once. Uh, that I did I, not I, perform well in at all this year, so you don't. Need I wasn't going to bring that up. On that, okay. I was going to let you slide. You had some injuries I, early on. I had a bad fantasy year. I derailed mean, derailed your season. Yeah, I got derailed in that one, but I just had a really. He bad took tenth place with Jonathan Taylor. That tells you how bad. So. Yeah. Oh, that's how uh, bad the rest tells of you how bad your year was. Yeah. <laughs> I just sat everybody else and, and played him. Uh, <laughs> it was a bad situation. My draft was. I was screwing around on draft day too, which you know. Whatever. That was because of me. I gave everybody free drinks. 
I had, yeah, free margaritas. I had fun at the draft, uh, but I had a bad team aside from Jonathan Taylor and uh, um, Raheem Mostert lasting two carries doesn't help. But um, yeah. I had so a bad Sunday night. But I just want to throw that out there because uh, I give some fantasy advice sometimes, and I think it's good advice. But uh, maybe I should stop giving fantasy advice with as bad as my my leagues were this year. I was in one championship game and lost that too because of uh, Ben Roethlisberger's seven points somehow beat my team Oof. in the championship. Two Ouch. quarterbacks. So, right. so, so anyways, yeah, Sunday I'll, night. I thought I'd lost, right? So I, you know, Aaron Aaron Jones is my guy. He's getting the ball all first half. He does. He barely touches it in the second half. And I, I thought I lost by two and a half points. Well, Monday comes around. I'm just, you know, I'm like whatever, you know. But then stat corrections come around Tuesday night or Tuesday morning, and he, the guy I was playing, had the Buffalo defense who lost three points in the stat corrections, and I was I had lost by two and a half. So I became the champion on a stat wow. correction. I know. I woke up this morning to text of like, wait, did Week win? I'm just like, what? What? So I opened my Yahoo and it's got the celebration. You won. Congratulations. Like, because I was bummed, man. I was so bummed. I won one time in 22 years. Like, I thought I had it. Oh, man. And then, oh, what a roller coaster ride. I've seen so many. You know what's worse than that? I, I have put some money on the second half of the Steelers game last night. I just, you know, all right, these these quarterbacks they can't move the ball. They're not scoring right. points. It's terrible. Let me in the in the second half over under was like thirty and a half. I said, oh, oh that's money. Easy. Let me yeah. go put some money on that. <laughs> right? I didn't bet any other money on, on that game, but I, I saw that. <laughs> Let me throw some money on that. <laughs> I was good. Everything was great. And then nice. all of a sudden, with no time left, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Najee Harris breaks oh. the tackle. And runs and I'm and I'm I'm in my bed like my my wife is asleep next to me and I'm like fall down fall down fall down he runs into the end zone I'm like you idiot you're not supposed to score oh, no. <laughs> and I think a lot of people lost their championships yeah. on that as yeah. well mm-hmm. that was a big there were a lot of people yeah responded yeah. to my to my tweet about this that they also were affected by that Buffalo stat correction which is wild wow. It's crazy for the because uh, you see that happen a lot on Monday Night Football. Some late, I, I remember yeah. there was a, a Deshaun Jackson punt return late in the game, like a decade ago when he was with the Eagles that helped me win a big game. Like you see that a lot on Monday Night Football where someone's counting their money already and uh, something happens in a game late in the game and it, and it flips stuff for fantasy football. But the next day, stack correction that one's crazy. They did they lose credit for a sack or, or what was that? It was uh, the safety. That happened early in the game. And yeah, so it counted as like a fumble and it changed the point total for the defense. So they went to like the next bracket where they dropped down points. Yeah, it was wild. I still don't understand what happened there. Now, what's what's the what's the worst too is this manager a couple of years ago when Dalvin Cook got hurt late in the season, he had a lead in the playoff game by like one point, and Dalvin Cook got hurt and fumbled on that play. So it took him down and he lost that <laughs> way too. <laughs> That's when you stop playing fantasy football, right? Yeah, there's there's those games where you have only the kicker to go, and you already won, and the other guy played everybody already, your opponent. So you mm-hmm. haven't won. And it's like, you know, it's like, uh, do you? And he misses. Moral <laughs> conundrum: Do you just sit your player and take him out yes. of the lineup so that yes. way? Yeah, that's the smart thing. But what to if do. then the stat correction happens though? Sportsmanship, you maybe lose. you don't want to do that, so you play him, and then if he only has one attempt and misses it, and you lose because tough of call. that. Yeah. Fantasy football sucks. It does. It's so, it's Except so when you're the champion. <laughs> Except for when you're the champ, like 
Bay Area Wink at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen every day right here. And we'll be back tomorrow. Lockdown 49ers. See you.